Merry Christmas. I want you to take your Bibles or your apps, whatever you read on, and today I want you to turn into Luke chapter two. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Luke is located, here's what I would encourage you to do. If you're in a physical Bible, open up to the table of contents at the very beginning. Uh, There you're gonna notice that there are two main sections to the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, Luke is the third book of the New Testament. It'll be Matthew, Mark, Luke and then John. So he's smacked in between Mark and John. So the third book of the New Testament is Luke and go to chapter two. Now, if you're in an app, simply pull down the list of the books of the Bible and there you're gonna find that Luke is about two thirds of the way down that list. So Luke chapter two is where we're gonna be. Today, we're continuing our series called The Christmas Connection. And throughout this month, uh, we've been talking about how Christmas connects us to Jesus uh, and to God. Because let's be honest for a moment, Christmas is so much more than just a celebration of a birth. It's the birth of our Savior, the person, the God who came in human form to save us from our sins. And so we are continuing that through the rest of this month. And today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Now, let me ask you a question. When you were a kid or if you've had kids or currently have kids, what is the excitement level on Christmas morning? Now, me personally, when I was a kid, I would get up early most mornings. I would fix a bowl of cereal and I would go and I would sit and watch cartoons uh, before I needed to get ready for school. That was just the habit that I was in. But Christmas morning was something different. I would get up in the morning and I would go to where the Christmas tree was at and I would sit and look at all of the different presents that were sitting there. And now eventually my stomach growling would drive me into the kitchen to to get something to eat, but it was not long before I was right back in front of that tree looking at all the presents and in in anticipation looking and thinking about what those presents could, could be, what could be inside each one of those packages. Is the level of excitement the same at your house? What did, what did you do as a kid? What do, do your kids or your grandkids do on Christmas morning? How is the excitement of Christmas played out in your household? Well, one of the questions I think drives us from there into today's passage is what kind of excitement do you have for Christmas in general? More specifically, What kind of excitement do you have for the birth of your Savior? Well, in today's passage, we're going to see an account uh, of a group of people who got excited about the coming of Jesus. And so take your Bibles, your apps, whatever you read on, and join with me in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke chapter two, verse eight. Now, uh, as you're turning there, let me tell you what has happened. Joseph and Mary, the parents of Jesus, have gone to Bethlehem, the city of their ancestor David, uh, to basically they've gone there for a census, a, a counting of the people by the Roman government. And while there, Mary has given birth to Jesus. Now, one of the interesting nuances here is there were no places to stay because many people had gone to Bethlehem to be part of this census. And so all the rooms and all of the hotels and lodging places were taken. And so Mary and Joseph basically end up in a stable. 
They end up in a place where animals were kept because there was no other place to stay. And Mary gives birth to Jesus in a stable, in a, in a place for animals. And look at what happens starting in verse eight. It says this, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were fear, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. Now, most of us have heard this story because it's a, a very commonly told story around this time of year. And whether you grew up in church or didn't, there are Christmas carols that tell the story of the shepherds who, who heard this announcement from the angel and went and saw the baby Jesus. And a lot of times when it comes to stories that we've heard over and over and over again, year after year after year, we lose some of the wonder in the story. So think about this for just a moment. Put yourself in the shoes of these shepherds. These would have been young men. They are out in the fields in the middle of the night. They've probably either got a fire going or they're sitting around with one another nearby a flock of sheep. And out of nowhere, with no warning, with no uh, preemptive announcement, this angel just appears. Now, it says very clearly that the angel appears to them and they are terrified. They're scared. They're filled with fear. And so the angel has to tell them, do not be afraid. Because can you imagine for just a moment, you're out in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere with a, a few other guys and a flock of sheep. And all of a sudden, a heavenly angel just appears to you. Can you imagine what it must have been like to have been one of those shepherds? Can you imagine what was running through their minds at the appearance of this, this heavenly host is what the Bible calls them sometimes. I don't know about you, but I would have been put back. I would have been scared. I, uh, it would have got my adrenaline pumping and, and surging through my system. 
So the angel appears, and, and what does he tell them? Look with me again in verses 10 and 11. It says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. Now, think about this for a second. He tells them, first off, don't be afraid. Now, why does he tell them that they don't need to be afraid? Because he's bringing them good news that will give them great joy. And what is this good news? He says specifically that in the city of David has been born the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. He gives three titles, three descriptions of the one who's been born in Bethlehem. Now, this is the only instance in the Gospels where those three titles, those three descriptors are used together. And let's think about the words that the angel uses here, the titles that the angel uses. First off, that in the city of Bethlehem, the person born is the Savior. What, what did they need to be saved from? What do we need to be saved from? The Savior is the one that comes and saves us, rescues us from the death that our sin has brought into our lives. You see, every single one of us, every person ever born on this earth, except for Jesus himself, is a sinner. We've all disobeyed God. We've all not done the right thing that we know we should have done. That's sin. And so we all need rescuing because sin leads us to death and not just death on this earth, but eternal punishment and death. So Jesus, the, the baby that's born, is the savior, the one who will rescue us from our sins and the consequences of our sins. The second title is that he is the Christ. Now, the Christ uh, in the New Testament is the Hebrew word that's translated also as Messiah. So uh, if you're thinking linguistically, if you're thinking in the terms of two different languages, Christ and Messiah are the same word. They're just uh, the same word in two different languages. So they're synonymous, Christ and Messiah. Now, what does it mean? What does Christ and Messiah, what do those two words mean in those two different languages? They both mean the one who is anointed. Now, the anointed one was a king. Uh, so David in the Old Testament, King David was also called anointed because he was the king of Israel. And so he's not just the savior, he's also the coming king. Now. Why is that important? Well, the Old Testament has repeatedly promised, has prophesied, predicted, foretold that there would come an almighty, all-powerful king that would reign forever and ever. Daniel prophesied it, Isaiah prophesied it, all of the other prophets prophesied that there would be a coming king, a hope for all of mankind. So, 
The, the shepherds are told that the Savior is born, the one who will save us from our sins, that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the one anointed, the king that had been prophesied hundreds of years prior to this. And thirdly, that he's not just a Savior, he's not just an anointed one, but he is literally the Lord, God himself. He's more than a man. He's more than a good teacher or even more than a prophet. He literally is the Lord come down to earth in human form as a man. He's the savior. He's the Christ, the anointed one. And he is the Lord himself. And so the angel gives this announcement, this, this person has been born in Bethlehem. And then as soon as he gives this announcement, suddenly thousands of angels join and start singing a praise song to God. It says in verse 14, they start saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. The fact of the matter is, is that the angels cannot help but praise God for what has taken place, for the birth of the Messiah, the Savior, the King, the Lord. And so they praise God. Now, what do the shepherds do? So the angels sing their praise song and then it says that suddenly they're gone. They leave them, they disappear. And what is the response of the shepherds? Look with me now in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And so the shepherds leave the flock, but we have to ask the question, why? Did the angel command them to go see the baby? No, the angel just made the announcement. There's no following command or instruction coming from this angel. So they're not told to go do this. They're not commanded to go see the, the baby. And in all reality, to leave their flocks defied their job. Their sole purpose, their sole job was to protect this flock of sheep that they had been given charge over. And it was not allowed for them to leave that flock unattended. So they weren't supposed to leave. They weren't supposed to go away. It was a, a huge no-no to go and leave the flock by themselves, especially at night when uh, animals, predatory animals could come and, and snag a sheep away. So why would they leave? They up and left to go see the baby, even though it made no sense for them to do so. It defied what their job was. They got up and did this because they understood that this baby that had been announced to them was the hope that they had been waiting for for hundreds of years. The people of Israel had been waiting for this Savior, Messiah, Lord to come. They've been anticipating this. This announcement 
is something that their fathers, their grandfathers, their great-great-grandfathers, and so forth have been looking forward to. And now the announcement is being brought to them. So the natural response was for them to go and see what they had been waiting for for hundreds of years. They were so excited about this good news and the joy that it brought to them, just as the angel told them. They were so excited about it that they could not help but go see the the baby. They could not help. You see, Jesus, as the Son of God, was the only one who could come and do what this angel was saying. That Jesus, as the Son of God, was the only one who could come and die for our sins. His perfect life was the only way by which we could be rescued from our sins. And these shepherds understood that. His life, his death, and his resurrection is what saves us and gives us hope. It's the way that we can live in our faith. You see, it's only through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus that we can be saved and instead of suffering eternal punishment, we can have eternal life with him. It's the only way. Jesus is the only way to be saved from your sins. You cannot do enough good things. You can't be a good enough person. You can't donate enough money to good causes. It's only through believing in Jesus with your whole heart, mind, strength, and your being and allowing him to be the master, changing your life, living for him. It's only through that belief and that life change that you can have eternal life with him. And if you don't know Jesus as your savior, you can, and this is the perfect season to begin that journey with Jesus, to believe in him and begin living your life for him. Christmas is the perfect time for you to believe and submit to him. He came to give you the gift of eternal life and you can have that gift. You can know him and you can live in the life changing hope that's found in him. And if you wanna know more about Jesus, if you wanna know more about what it means to, to believe in him and live for him, I want you to do something. I want you to stop whatever you're doing. You, can, you, can, you have my permission to do what I'm about to ask you to do. I want you to scroll down into the post part of this section where we, we write the post of, of what's going on. And in that post, there is a link to a virtual connect card. What that's gonna do is it's gonna take you to our website, to the contact us page. And I want you to fill that short form out. If you do that, I will reach out to you as soon as I possibly can, and I would love to answer any questions that you may have about Jesus and following him, believing in him. And so if that's you, if, you, if you've never come to the point where you've believed in Jesus, I want you to reach out to us. Go to our website, click that link, go to our website to the contact us page and fill that out. We would love to answer any question you may have about Jesus, about Christmas, uh, about why we celebrate the birth of our Savior. 
So please reach out to us. We would love to do that. After all, it's Christmas. It's the season where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Savior of the world, your Savior. It's a beautiful time to to spend time with family, to gather together, to to celebrate, to eat, to, to love on our children and grandchildren. But it's so much more than that. And it's so much more than the celebration of a birthday. It's the celebration of the good news of Jesus coming into the world to save us from our sins. So I have an interesting question to close out today's message. And the question is this. The shepherds were excited when they heard the news of the birth of Jesus, that the Savior, the Christ, the Lord had been born. Let me ask you this. Does that excite you? Do you get excited that this is the season where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, our King, the Lord come in human form? Do you get excited about that? When was the last time you truly got excited and out of that excitement, you responded, you did something for Jesus? I think that's the challenge this Christmas season. As you gather together with family, I would encourage you that this not just be a time of of, of fun celebration, but this would be a time that you point others to Jesus. That, That through the celebrations and through the wonderful times that you will have together, don't forget to lift up the name of Jesus to point family and friends and coworkers and everyone around you to point them to the salvation that can only be found in Jesus, the life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. So get excited, this is Christmas. And out of that excitement, let's follow the example of these shepherds and let's go and do something in the joy of the coming of our Savior. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you that we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior, our King, the Son of God. And we thank you that we celebrate that because the Son of God came in human form to live a perfect life and to ultimately die on a cross and resurrect from the grave to save us from our sins. Lord, in this Christmas season, help us to point people to that. Help us to invite people to hear about Jesus. Help us to point people to Jesus in everything we do and say. And help us to lead every generation to the life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the forgiveness and the salvation, the rescue from our sins that your son brought and brings now. 
And we pray all of these things in his name, the name of Jesus Christ, our loving Lord and amazing Savior. Amen.